0: Oh, also, one thing you might want to be aware of is that I have a deviated septum, so when I breathe in through my nose, it often makes a whistling sound, and I don't know if that's going to be super annoying for people or for everyone could just ignore it. For example.
1: Wow, that's cool. <laughs> the Manga Happy Hour Podcast. The happy hour podcast theme. Talk about different manga. Every week we talk about manga and get drunk. Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of the manga happy hour podcast. I am your host, Matt Godner, joined today with my ever-present co-host.
2: August Kiarella.
1: Who are we joined? Uh, who's joining us today? Speak up
0: oh hello hi i'm danny drankwalter i'm an illustrator and i'm here and i barely know how to pronounce manga
1: there we go and you're a very special guest today because you are the uh brains and the uh i guess pen behind our amazing artwork for the manga podcast thank you yay um we're so happy to have you here today um we're going to be talking about a series called fire punch I don't know if everyone out there has heard of it, but uh, it is a very bizarre series. Uh, it sickened me to the core the first time I ever read it. But for more on that, let's throw it to Augie.
2: Yeah. So I I recently just finished Fire Punch. Um, we we thought originally for this episode that we were going to do Chainsaw Man, which is a continuing manga uh, in Shonen Jump uh, developed by the same writer. um, Tatsuki uh, Fujimoto. um, But Fire Punch uh, was so enthralling for me that I finished it in three days. Um, I'm a pretty fast reader um, and I I actually kind of did it one and a half times because the first half of the manga is kind of its own kind of magnificent arc and then the second kind of diverges into its own storyline. But um fire punch started off as a uh, serialization through shonen jump plus on their website um starting off in april 2016 and it ran until i believe january 2018 totaling in about 82 to 83 chapters i'm not really quite sure the total volume number because i unfortunately downloaded some illegal scans <laughs> which we don't
1: support but no,
2: Connor really doesn't support that. But like, look, I can't afford to fucking buy every manga and keep them in my small. Did you collection. use LimeWire? I didn't <laughs> use LimeWire. I used a Reddit sub page and found it through them. I don't really remember what site. It was like a. French I, website. on the
1: other hand, pay $12 a book to buy each physical copy. So Ooh.
2: yeah, who on you. Being the best in worshiping the publications. It's really great.
1: I love my favorite brands. Uh, they get me. All right, so let's get yeah. back to Fire Punch. What, what <laughs> kind of world are we dealing with?
2: So Fire Punch is a world that is not magical in a sense, but it starts off with our main character, Agni. Um, that's how I'm going to say it. I know that it's pronounced differently.
1: I said um, Agni in my head, but that's fine. Did you?
2: That's Yeah, yeah so we're going to stick with Agni. I'm going to go with, you can say Agni. I'll call him Auggie. Oh. Yeah, Agna. Um, and the world we i i'm pretty sure it's earth earth has been frozen over so there's constant snowfall um there are very few water sources civilization has broken down but it was established that a civilization did take place previously to uh the anim- sorry to the manga starting however that has been completely wiped out and it's kind of a subsystem of various not tribal systems but small communities and towns living and surviving in this uh ice world kind of um the the story starts out with agni and his sister luna uh chopping off agni's arm um and you later find out that agni is feeding all the villagers in his town his own flesh and what we realize very very quickly is that agni grows his arm back incredibly fast i think in a matter of minutes um and his seconds luna, i
1: just read this. seconds
2: is he a second. lizard so we find he's a out blessed
1: that, he's a blessed yeah, boy
2: that the the world has kind of evolved these very specialized human called blessed um who have special powers agni and uh luna are regenerative abilities um, so they are able to withstand fire and ice and cold and starvation and they're able their cells are regenerative so they're constantly just regenerating things so they can cut off their arms their head their entire body regrows out of their head very weird some characters are able to you
1: control. you make it sound so simple but the one of the very first panels in the first chapter is uh, agony getting his arm chopped chopped off and screaming in agony just like a close-up spittle flying out of his yeah. mouth.
2: I mean, it's it's really, it's, yeah, he still feels pain. I mean, I think he's kind of like Wolverine in that sense where he's able to push through pain because it dissipates somewhat quickly because of the regenerative abilities. But the world is filled with these characters who are referred to as blessed. Um, now, it in the first or second chapter, I think it's in the first chapter, Agni uh, and Luna's town is invaded uh, by a kind of semi-militaristic group. They come flying Uh, in in
1: a helicopter, which is not something you'd expect in an ice world of (laughs) nastiness.
2: No, completely you're right on that. Uh, But they're overtaken by this uh, semi-militaristic group. um, And we realize that one of the members in the group, uh, who we later uh, is referred to as Doma, is another blessed. And he has the ability of using uh, ever-burning ever, ever burning fire, I guess is what it could be referred to as, where if the flame touches you, it burns until uh, there's no more um, energy left in it. So unfortunately for Agni and Luna, their entire uh, town is wiped out. Everyone is killed. It's incredibly sad. And we're left with this very heart-wrenching scene where Agni and Luna are on fire in front of each other. But because of their regenerative abilities, they're slowly... Uh, somewhat cognizant um but they're aware that that each other are not going to die from this um but as we learn soon is that agni's regenerative abilities are a lot stronger than luna's and that she actually does perish from it her 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 it's too slow and agni is regenerating completely fine um however he's crippled by this pain and can't move so he sees his sister die and then we kind of jump years i believe Eight years. Uh, Eight years. uh, Where Agni has kind of refined his mental capabilities of being able to withstand the pain, and then he can start movement slowly. He's able to, like, speak, but he starts venturing out into the world.
1: Um, With one thing on his mind.
2: Connor, what is that one thing?
1: It's revenge against Doma, that bad baby who set him and his sister ablaze.
2: He is out for revenge, and this is kind of where in a lot of mangas, you have a very distinct arc path. And Danny, an arc path for manga is kind of an overarching theme or uh, kind of event structure that leads like the general uh, chapters, but doesn't always have to have, kind of similar to Buffy, where like you'll have a big bad, but then you'll have individualistic episodes where it doesn't always reach to it, but it speaks of it. Does that make sense? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah, baby. So the first, I believe, 40 chapters are about Agni's uh, attempt to fulfill his sense of revenge um, in destroying both Doma and the, uh, not empire, but I guess like military. Yeah, the ice town? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is uh, it? Berthelhog or something? Oh, so different pronunciations, I think obviously because the Japanese uh, translates a little bit differently, but dog I think it was, it seems like an Icelandish name to me, um, but it's B-E-H-E-M-D-O-L-G. Um, and on the way to Behemdog, uh Agni meets kind of a cast of various characters um, and uh, ventures his way towards that. Connor, do you need to jump in and ask any questions? Or- Or do you remember any of this? I
1: I think another aspect is that there is this kind of uh, wide-held belief that the uh, reason that the world has fallen into the state such as it is because of someone called the Ice Witch Mm -hmm. who used her uh, evil ice powers to plunge the world into uh, cold and ice. So that is also kind of a motivating factor of Agni where he basically wants to destroy Doma for killing his sister and doing this to him. But he also vows revenge against the uh, kind of myth and the legend that uh, he blames everything on.
2: Yeah. Um, um, and, you know, from like kind of like that greater myth that, uh, was it the Ice, ice Witch? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, We run into a couple different characters, uh, Togata and Naneto, who... uh, Togata is another blessed regenerative ability and is obsessed with filmmaking, which becomes a pretty large thematic element within the manga, where we're kind of um, redirecting our view of Agni into a Western structure of like how films would be um, written out. Togata, who is a, I I think I mentioned um, a regenerative ability user, was obsessed in her previous life with American films, um, especially American action films, um, and wants to create her own film as kind of her last hurrah as a um, regenerative ability user. And she sets her path and her sights on Agni as her main um protagonist. So
1: so what I think is really interesting about the series is that it is framed very um, Generically where there is a character something happens to it and then he begins a quest yeah. and then very quickly um, Maybe with even within the first volume or the first uh, book He comes across this character to to God or whatever it is who then uh, literally just starts talking out loud almost to the audience itself about Agni as a main character in a story. So it's a very kind of quick and abrupt shift from a kind of standard narrative, especially for a manga, even as brutal and intense as this one was, it was still, you know, nothing totally, uh, groundbreaking, but I thought it was so interesting that just very, very quickly the author introduces this film fanatic this film buff to reframe how we're viewing Agni and his hero's journey through the eyes of western film yeah and so so much of it is how uh how bad of a main character he is and how poorly he emotes or how poorly he expresses his desires so it's hard for the audience to connect with him
2: um and i think that I have probably spent a little too much time defining like the beginning structure of this, so I'll, I'll try and speed it up because the manga is so interesting thematically, as Connor kind of mentioned. It goes through so many kind of mutations, kind of in like the second arc of it. Um, but I'll just I'll I'll try and speed through the generalization. We
1: don't need to go through the whole thing. I think we've set the uh, we've set the stage very well. Thank you for that, Augie. her sure, dog. Yeah um so do we have any questions from our esteemed guest fantastic illustrator danny i think i'm good cool are you you falling along
0: one hot hot note um the notorious new york fireworks have just begun so if you hear any booms in the background it's the fireworks i'm sorry
1: thank you nypd for selling neighborhood kids 20 dollars fireworks
0: hey
2: really it's like i mean that's right at five o'clock that's fucking insane
1: well, it's almost eight here, but
0: it's been going on for a while. Yeah, all
1: hours of the day. Um, it maybe never ends.
2: It's it's a lot. So,
1: Ridgewood, say that one more time.
2: Is it happening in Ridgewood as well?
1: All the time, all all hours, from seven o'clock to three in the morning.
0: Hey. <laughs>
1: Thank you, NYPD. I appreciate it. Um, so, I think something that we're talking about and kind of hinting at is the. Uh, the inanity of society right now. We're talking about fireworks being set off at all hours. There is just kind of a breakdown in the way that things have been, the way that we have been living for years. This year has felt especially wayward. I think it's a great uh, time to talk about uh, not so much the parallels, but the ideas of absurdity in the world of fire punch. We're certainly dealing with uh, an absurd world today, but uh, I think Agni's world is maybe even stranger. Um, so August, I don't know if you want to go first on this, but uh, I believe you have prepared something—your uh, own close reading of the absurdity in Fire Punch.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it it really is an absurd absurd manga, and has this very beautiful um, kind of telling of you know this depressed and just lost character Agni. Um, And my immediate kind of response to it was um, kind of this absurdity of his life of being a regenerative ability user where he can't really die. I mean, his head is cut off, he's lit by this flame that won't go out. So his body is constantly engulfed in flame, but he constantly progresses. Um, And it reminds me of Sisyphus, you know, it's just this, this person who has this rock that he's carrying up this mountain and every time he gets to the top, it repeats itself. I mean, it's kind Cis of Sisa who? Sisa, <laughs> um, where Agni really is this this kind of lost man in time, where he's stuck with this repeating pattern of never being able to die. Um, and you see that um, specifically in the manga, where he is unable to relate to any of the characters because he doesn't feel time. I mean, he is without time. Uh, In a very literal sense where his body is no longer affected by it his mind becomes lost so many times throughout the manga where you lose uh the character of agni and it is oftentimes replaced by the titular character uh fire punch you know this this creature that is engulfed and flamed only to be suppressed by uh you know a dutiful sense of love um by another character and then we find some deceit in that and then he returns back to the character of agni it's the entire Manga is based around this man who has lost his dearest loved one, his sister Luna, um, but he he can't reach a sense of peace um, just due to the state of his own mind and his body not being able to to perish from the world. And um, question.
0: Wait, yeah. who who the fuck is Fire Punch?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so Fire Punch is. Is that dumb um, So. No, Doma does not (laughs) have that name. So Agni, the main character, um, when he becomes engulfed in flames, anything that he touches, the flame transfers to. So, like to say, if he touched a person and it touched their skin, they would immediately catch flame and they would they would perish. Like they have no regenerative abilities, Uh so they just die. If he touched a building, the building would catch on fire. The flame that he carries on him, that created that was created by Doma. Um burns everything until it has no more power source in it. Um when you so this is
1: this is really it takes on a larger than life uh idea in this world because it's a nice world there's no fire there's no warmth and so here he's a literal uh bastion of heat and warmth Mm -hmm. and it's uh it very much goes with the purifying grace that fire brings where he i think early on he's just going up against these people who have slaves they have guns they they treat people like garbage just because that's how society has reformed and they and also
2: refer i think it's important they also refer to those people who are um, blessed or the people that are less than as kindling i believe in one you know like yeah yeah, as kindling.
1: yeah. Okay. so there, there's this terrible world and uh, out from the distance comes a man literally engulfed in flame uh, meeting out justice uh, Even yeah. though he is completely unconcerned with his actions. He is not doing it for any moral reason. He's simply moving forward uh, this whole legend grows around Agni himself much in the way that the uh, Ice Witch has a legend associated with her so yeah. people start talking and talking that there's this God named Agni who uh, sets you free and rescues you with and burns down all of his enemies with his fire punch so eventually he becomes this almost mythical figure himself
2: called fire punch a god yeah like a god equivalent you know
1: yeah certainly in society uh he's viewed as such And Uh
2: and not and not only is his power you know like uh cleansing but some people seek uh you know like it it frees them if you if you get touched by you know fire punch you are in yourself part of a disciple you're freed from like the coils of the mortal world and you pass on to the next life you know um
0: death cult
2: i mean almost not they don't worship the death that comes necessarily from his like you know his from his fiery fist but uh they they treat it almost you know legendarily where it's you know like if you were to come in contact, you yourself become part of like this myth that you know we're feeding into. You feed into like this, you know.
1: The at the very at the very start of the series, uh, Agni and his sister are very um, kind of wholesomely feeding their village of elders by chopping their own arms off and providing meat,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's kind of, it's kind of just kind of uh, poised as this disgusting but necessary action. Uh, later on in the series, there is such a clear analogy to I guess uh, communion where mm-hmm. Agni starts to provide his own flesh to his followers who are dying of hunger So to take in part of fire Punch's own body into themselves is almost a holy act by itself so This is a wacky story. This is certainly there's a lot going on it starts one way and maybe the path that 90% of all the other uh, manga out there would take, he takes the path less traveled.
2: It it kind of, yeah, it diverts pretty drastically. um, And it really goes in this very nonlinear direction, I think, Um, especially for a manga. I mean, mangas progress very linearly, but in Fire Punch, there are huge time jumps that, within like, let's say one piece, if you jump two years, like that's a huge, huge progression of time, you get caught up on characters, but in Fire Punch, because his body and mind are no longer affected by, you know, the the workings of seconds and minutes, um, it, it becomes unimportant, but you are able to zoom out and see how society is progressing around him, how time is passing um, on towns and kind of larger communities, rather than on a, person-to-person basis like most manga's would do. Yeah, Absolutely. You, you
0: know, Like they say, if you can't take me at my casual cannibalism, you don't deserve me at my <laughs> fire death cult.
2: Yeah, I mean, they've been saying that for hundreds of years.
0: <laughs> um, also, uh, a very brief search to research fire punch before this mm-hmm. um, landed me on Bulbapedia where I found out that fire punch is a fire move that fire Pokemon can do
1: that's yeah. a Magmar classic. I yeah, tell you that much.
0: we got a, a picture of Pikachu, and he is punching.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is weird that Pikachu is punching in that photo. Yeah,
0: well, he's pretty oh. cute. <laughs> I'll take it.
2: Um, so I, I wanted to return kind of to this idea of absurdity, and how the the, uh, the idea of absurdity is also laid out in the second arc after. Um, Firepunch has visited Behimdorg and there was this kind of very classical um, structure to the finishing of the Ark where Behimdorg faces other blessed users who have, you know, kind of astonishing powers. Um, and it kind of culminates in the sense where uh, Behimdorg triumphs, he burns down the city, people are saved, they start following him. Um, but we understand that Behimdorg has been using theological reasoning to use as a power structure instead of actual, um, you know, socialist, uh, mm, socialist regimes. They use theology as a means of power instead of any, uh, sense of capitalism or socialism.
1: So there's a very big reveal that the, uh, ice switch was just a whole cloth invention.
2: Yeah. Just
1: a piece of, uh, a piece of lore to create order around.
0: Well, well, well.
1: So there's this idea that the world is so absurd that it's devolved into ice and chaos that the only thing that would uh, restore order would be something even more absurd, which is a single person causing the calamity of the scale. Yeah.
2: I think it, you know it creates a scapegoat to be able to have people Put their mourning and their loss and their frustration into an entity, rather into what is later revealed to be that uh, the world is just frozen over um, due to it being an ice age.
0: Are there any lock her up chance?
2: <laughs> That's funny. There are not. Any- <laughs> so there should have been.
1: Yeah, we could do we could do a sequel maybe with Hillary oh Clinton. <laughs> the
2: dark um, stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, But the absurdity also kind of falls back to this use of religion as a tool in that they were not worshiping, but they were using the ice switch as a, you know, a tool for fear. And then all of a sudden in the second half of the manga, uh, Fire Punch is replaced as a a tool for inspiration, as a tool for longevity, as something to look forward to and worship as a symbol of power. and this, unfortunately, ends up being not the downfall of that current civilization, but kind of a, a severe U-turn where they're just re—you know—they're readdressing the same problem that they had, um, which ends in a lot of people dying.
1: Everybody, you might say.
2: Almost everybody. Yeah. Um, Connor, do you want to jump in? So we're kind of. Yeah. Let me
1: second. let me just uh, state my own. Uh... History I guess with the series is that I think I read this the week. It came out. I remember just poking around on the uh, Scanlation websites. I do apologize for being such a stickler earlier. I am a hypocrite um, you are. But I read the first chapter and I was sickened between the cannibalism between the um, incestuous overtones and The shame and the murder and everything.
2: Yes yeah, I I just want to hop in real fast and say that I um, Agni is like kind of in love with his sister in a very sexual, not fun way. And there's this other character, Judah, who eventually ends up portraying Luna in a very weird way. It's it's very gross, <laughs> very gross.
1: But it's also very uh, compelling, I think, in the same.
2: It is, yeah, in I mean, the same
1: way where it's not just a uh, shock factor thing. It's a very deep. Everyone is confused about everything as it's happening. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it was tough. And I read a lot of it. As soon as it came out, there was not that many chapters out. Uh, and then I was so happy to see that Viz, uh, licensed it. So just over the, I think they published maybe three or four books a year. There's eight total. So over the last like two or three years, they've been putting them out. I'll buy them one by one and then I'll read it and I'll think, I don't know what the hell just happened because you know, reading. The, the weirdness the twists and turn the characters who come and go the amount of time lapsing yeah uh it's hard it's hard to keep track of everything so i remember all these very uh distinct events happening but like hearing you say some of the stuff august i'm like i not i didn't remember that
2: well i mean it's also like if kind of thinking about how you were reading and how i you know kind of just devoured it like if you if you were to read that week by week I mean, the manga almost splits. Like, after he leaves Behemdurk, it becomes this almost completely narratively different storyline um, of, you know, religious ideology and mm-hmm. you know, time as a concept that plays into each other's lives as a constant. Um, instead of being this, like, revenge arc of this, you know, man who's on fire just seeking to kind of kill Doma, um, you know, and find his lost love for his sister... It is a very confusing and kind of... uh, It's challenging. Yeah, I mean, it is very challenging manga. It's not an easy read. It's like
0: trying to watch the new season of Twin Peaks over the course of a month.
2: Yeah, I mean, or even like the first time that you watch, like now in this culture, when people try to watch Twin Peaks, like it's very very disruptive to to binge it. You know, like you can't do two or three episodes. There's so much information and lore and concept in each episode, especially in Twin Peaks, that the same applies for Fire Punch. It's You have to take it bit by bit because it is such an absurd um, story. Fire Punch, walk with me. Oh, there
0: we go.
1: girl. (laughs) That's why you did our logo. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I guess... Uh, in terms of covering the topic of absurdity in fire punch, uh, I, the, the, thing I kept coming back to is that absurdity is normal. And I know that kind of goes against the idea that to be absurd, you have to be completely opposite of what's happening. But just time and again in the series, you see that the natural state of things are absurd. Um, I think of this walking down the street, even before the pandemic, even before this great racial awakening of uh, against white supremacy. Is just wow! It's so weird that we live in a time right now where you can go into a grocery store and just pick food up, and there's no conflict, there's no uh, struggle, there's no violence. And I think for a very long time in the history of man there has been a lot of just basic uh, scuffles. So to even live in a peaceful time amongst people that you don't know feels absurd. And I think Agni, he doesn't know that much about the world. He was a young boy. I think he was 15 at the start of the show, or the uh, series, lives in a tiny town. He's met some bad people in his life. And then basically he just grows up into adulthood in extreme agony and pain. And is just confounded to the point of um, disinterest in the world around him. Nothing uh, that people are trying to do or the lives that people are leading holds any bearing to him because, like, maybe to the people who are slaveholders in this series, their way of life seems very normal. To Agni, it doesn't even register as anything. And you look at either situation, and I think those are both absurd. Points of views based off my own experience. Um,
0: Wait, so are the blessed slaves because they're kind of cattle?
1: Yeah. Well, the oh. the society that August was talking about a lot uh, uses them kind of as a factory.
2: Yeah, okay. who can they produce electricity
1: or mine?
2: Yeah. Creepy. They're, like, they're strapped in, and you know they they're you have you meet another character named Sun who ends up being kind of an antagonist at the end. Um, but yeah, there's their, their powers are siphoned off to, you know, build buildings and power structures and to give water and to give light. It's, it's really fucked up.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of terrible things that happen in this world. Um, and I think it just really gets to the point that no matter how we order ourselves, uh, there is no true order. And I think the end of the series is just so shockingly beautiful where, They literally erupt into space in this gigantic uh, tree of life that roots out into space and there's the agony of time passing and no movement. And eventually at the end of the series, you see that the earth itself is shattered and Agni is still there with Judah. And it almost just speaks to the idea that, like, everything that is happening is just a brief moment in time, and that the only uh, concept of order is that uh, the order that we have ascribed to a situation.
2: Yeah, completely. And I think that it's, it's really, it has a lot of comparative structure um, in the ending to neo Genesis Evangelion, which is another episode that we're going to do. Um, but that everything is subjective to the person who's reading it so at the end you know a lot of people because the last page of the manga is Agni and Luna who you know were the first characters that you meet and who are the last two that you see although they are um, kind of refigured as San and Luna meaning sun and moon at the very end you see how did
0: Luna come back What what what
2: (laughs) yeah so that, i don 't know how, either sorry, you don't remember that so so um, Luna is taken on uh, in physicality by Judah, who is another uh, blessed character, kind of midway through the entire story. Um, she takes on this character of Luna, who is um, agni 's you know deceased sister, and Agni, after becoming fire punch and then losing the flame. Um, through this very long uh, kind of death sequence uh, becomes San, who um, represents, uh, you know, sun and moon.
1: Wow, I I did not remember that he became... Oh,
2: shit, really? Yeah, Yeah, that was huge. That was like a big... Wow, this is actually a little bit deeper than what I thought it was. Um, uh, Everything is subjective in the sense that the last chapter, it kind of ends on this um, Hitchcockian note where it turns out that it's just a movie. Or you're, you're, one is able to interpret it as a movie. Because,
1: I read it differently, but I'll let you. I'll let you go.
2: I'm not saying that I think that that's what it was. I'm just saying that that was the last chapter or the last um, page, and that people were um, kind of given this out of thinking, oh, it was just you know this was just in their heads, and they were just seeing a film that was you know kind of dark and beautiful. Um, but it, every that everything is subjective in its own time, I think is what.
1: Yeah. I I took it to be. Uh a Parallel a parallel scene. I'm not going to get into dimensions or anything mm. of the two of them watching a movie together being synonymous with uh, Existing in that weird state in outer space where the concept of watching a movie in silence perfect Closeness with each other and then the movie ends and you just get up and leave that to me is the same kind of nothingness as their existence you're participating you're a part of something but you're completely silent alone but together uh, I, I thought it was just a uh, astounding comparison between it almost just hammers in uh, like the through line if everything is so absurd and so confusing and fantasy world uh, here's something so relatable that so many of us have experienced which is seeing a movie movie ends and you get up and you leave without saying anything to the person you're with is the same as this unbelievable uh, situation of existing outside of uh, time and essentially space. So I didn't, I didn't read it literally, uh, but I, I definitely understand that you can. Yeah. Great. Okay. So, I mean, I think that pretty much covers what we had for the, idea of absurdity i have finished my burger king cup of high sea lemonade with vodka in it uh how are we doing on drinks folks
2: uh you know i'm i'm about to finish my triple whiskey which is pretty exciting wow triple, that's a okay. tall
0: glass of whiskey my friend
2: yeah yeah i got some bad work news today so it's you know it's, it's covering it
0: lovely we love sorry it sorry
2: to
1: hear that
0: mm. um i am finishing up my rockaway brewing company rockaway ipa
2: thank you rockaway
0: thanks rockaway it says award winning somewhere so i guess it won an award
2: is it a high percentage ipa
0: it's a 6.2 which i say is pretty high as a small person but for some it's normal
2: yeah you are a small
1: person you know those stories about andre the giant drinking 40 beers in one night
0: yes we just watched a long documentary on andre the giant and he was very tall
2: was it the one on was it the wrestling documentary yeah oh god that documentary He's so great
0: it's really good it makes me feel so sad though because he you know had a tough life he's so big
2: yeah, yeah i mean he had a terrible i mean a terribly painful life and who was chris schumacher on that i think, wow. I think like w- connor don't you remember chris schumacher from twitter we followed him for a while
1: <laughs> oh david schumacher the mass uh the mass writer or whatever the mass
2: yeah. singer uh no he was <laughs> no, he was, so, he was a great land writer he was um he was in the documentary he had a beard he's kind of Portly, but he is this just like ultra ultra wrestling fan that has a lot of um kind of narrative structure oh in. was
1: this the are you talking about the vice show that came out recently
0: um, I don't know.
2: no it was like an hbo documentary yeah called.
0: it was an hbo one.
2: Oh, oh,
1: oh, okay well, it cool. you
2: haven't seen it? it's really good i mean it feeds into like a lot of how the wwe came to be
1: well this isn't the wrestling happy hour podcast so i know i know um,
2: about, uh, the- we're still nerd asses though I mean, that's
1: true That's true. they're much love to wrestling um, so I'm on the fire punch wiki just seeing if I can get a good random page but they're all very it's like volume 8 or yeah, volume 3 yeah, that's
2: what three. happened to me but then like the volumes it's just empty it's just somebody who was like I'll right. make the page but I won't fill it out <laughs> <laughs> where's your fandom bro
1: where's your fandom bro all right um well i guess before we wrap up we're gonna turn it over to danny have you, do you have any lingering questions where you felt like you couldn't get a word in edgewise um,
0: um i t- i wrote something down oh nope it, but we answered it because basically my question that i wrote down was who the fuck is fireman
2: fireman so <laughs> who's fireman
1: <laughs> who's fireman All right, well, uh, if we don't have anything else, then I think that uh, we should start to say our goodbyes so that we can keep drinking off podcasts. I hope everyone at home has enjoyed uh, our discussion about fire punch and the nature of absurdity. Um, And if you haven't checked it out, uh, I believe most, if not all of the series is available for... Uh, easy access on the Viz website, where if you pay two dollars a month, it is part of the offering, the subscription. That's how you read yeah. it, August, right?
2: It is, but then they do cut it off uh, at volume seven or chapter seventy-one, which leaves you with ten chapters and not knowing. Like I thought that the manga just fucking ended, and it ended. It doesn't end that way. So.
1: It did- no, it don't end that way.
2: Nope, and nope.
1: you can pay eight dollars digital to get it.
2: But also, to- Viz just upload the last chapter because it's been nine fucking months since it came out. So, you know, get on top of that. Ta-
1: take that up with them, baby.
2: Hey. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Viz, for licensing this. This was the most uh, excited I had been for a uh, licensing acquisition uh, probably in all my years of manga collecting as an adult. So. Seriously?
2: I think that this and, I mean, Neon Genesis, really, like, both of these hit home, I think, in a, in a large way because they operated on a more thematic element instead of like it being chapter and character based it really it really was a great manga
1: yeah i mean there's hardly a character in fire punch who you meet who lives
2: yeah well I'm, yeah i mean there're only two that live if we if we zoom out enough
1: yeah
0: <laughs> but they're reborn but they died right i'm confused
1: there like you'll meet you'll meet a bad guy who's a real piece of shit who's like transporting slaves or something and then fire punch will just show up and kill him like
2: no no hand wringing and it's a very anticlimactic i mean i think in comparison to a lot of mangas anticlimactic in the sense that like there's not a ton of battle scenes where you're like you know punching and kicking like this dude literally just touches something and you're like well that's fucking done move on like it's like very cut and dry but with fire so it's yeah. like the myth
0: of uh, what is was it King Midas who touched the human people and it turned yeah. gold and he yeah up all and folk, people? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think if we were going to do a part two of this episode, which we most certainly will not, I think the next <laughs> topic could be agony and living with sure. agony. It almost yeah. even sounds like agony.
2: Oh shit! I didn't even realize that.
1: Oh, I just thought of that.
2: Damn, fucking our boy Totsky. Fucking crushing,
1: yeah. And uh, if you enjoy Fire Punch and you want a uh, more straightforward approach, his currently running series Chainsaw Man is a fantastic time to get into. I think it's been running for about two years now. Oh, yeah, is a great. it's very bizarre and strange and scary and gross, but uh, it's a lo- a little less heavy, I think, than Fire Punch.
2: Yeah, I mean chainsaw, I I we'll probably do chainsaw man in a in a little while, but yeah, that's that's another great one. It really is. It's very, very weird. And, and yeah, it's very weird. Very sexual too, which I don't always appreciate. Such
1: is the way of the uh weeb, the American weeb.
2: Get out of here.
1: Get out of here. All right, guys, thanks for joining us. Uh it's been a great time. Thanks to our special guest. The illustrator behind the uh, Manga Happy Hour podcast logo, Danny Walter.
2: Yeah, Danny, do you want to do a little plug for yourself? Oh, yeah,
0: sure. Hi. Um, you can find me on the internet. My website is dannydrankwalter.com. There's an E in there, D-A-N-I-E. It's a uh, sneaky and silent. Um, you could also find me on the Instagram at Danny Blob Walter. Um, those are the places.
1: Great. And... We'll be sure to give you a follow um, and put link in bio, baby.
0: Hey, link.tree.
1: This has been episode three or possibly four, depending on how you count the Hunter Hunter episode of the Manga Happy Hour. I'm Matt and... I'm August. August, <laughs> and we are here to say goodbye.
2: Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Manga Happy Hour Podcast.